0: Welcome back um, to our podcast. Today we have our Honour Guest Speaker, Assistant Professor Dr. Avermeser. He is a Dean of Social of School and Environment Development at National Institute of Development Administration, ONIDA. He also an expert in rural and agrarian development theory and development concept that uh, also work closely with the sustainable rural livelihood. Welcome once again, um, Doctor Aware, to be our guest speaker today. We would like to ask for your uh, advice in terms of like the, any specific activity or program toward the sufficient economy that you try to help and drive by the external intervention but that actually really be helpful and help to change the way of life term of like the community member in the local area if you can share with us in terms of the specific case study that will be very helpful
1: well that's again uh, not straightforward for me as as academic but i i, I think that's a I would like to give an example that I have seen the useful case of development that we may say that it's also based on sufficiency economy I think the the case that that I have seen for example Kiriwong community in the Konsei Tamarat. I have not done the research on my own but again it's a good case and uh, it has been through various steps but uh, and it has been through some kind of critical period as well but not the COVID one Uh, the COVID one I don't think any one has been there trying to do research yet, but the research work so has been done by one of research work has, has been done by one of my students, and actually his work has been awarded as the best thesis, but at the uh, master's level. Example there, Kiriwong communities, which is uh, located in the Tamarat province, southern Thailand. Its development based on local wisdom, which uh, they as a uh, Community located in the mountainous area, they have uh, various crops grown on traditional way, a kind of what we call mixed gardening. Uh, The traditional way of planting crops in this community, mainly they they grow crops. They may raise some uh, livestock, but mostly for for household consumption in the past or or household use, but not compared to crops. For crops, uh, there are several kinds of crops. Mostly fruit crops like, uh, uh, especially mangosteen. I, I would like to, to raise mangosteen because later on mangosteen they make use of product from mangosteen who uh, produce product from mangosteen or mangkut we call. Uh, mangosteen sometimes face some difficulties of of uh, selling to the market, but mm-hmm. at the same time mangosteen also have uh, you know the the cover uh, of the fruit. It's waste. It's a kind of waste. But it has a very high value, including many medicinal value. And they have that, that kind of wisdom among local people. Local people use uh, the skin to kill some of the wound in the past. At the beginning, there has uh, there was one guy who used, travel, used to travel a lot and a member of that community thought about this, how to make use of <laughs> the cover of mangosteen fruit. Uh, he started by making soap, but simple soap. But he he tried to to find a special market and did up uh, to his experience to sell to Japan. That more on a personal basis, but he tried to encourage other people to think about local wisdom. And they found that one of the things that people in that area had uh, was uh, how to use natural color. Color from nature, from various plants mostly, with either leaf or flower or, or skin of, of the tree, bark mm. tree, to make color and to dye the clothes for dyeing. And from that, you know, there are a lot of things coming. You know, they start to dye clothes from various natural colors, and later on, they produce several products from clothes, and clothes with different patterns, mostly based on batik technique. And you may search from the website and you find a clothes from thirty And later on, you know they they move forward to um, to run homestays, they stay one. Homestead that based on local people try to manage their spare room in their house. To provide for local people to stay when they come to visit, because the community was to some extent used to be quite remote. In a sense, you want to go there; it's better to stay in the. Com- I used to use this that service almost uh, uh, more, uh, more than ten years ago when when I was in the South. There, it's very mm-hmm. really nice, and they know how they they learn how to deal with tourists. And mm-hmm. later on, other kind of business come up. You know, and they they provide food, and also some people try to run food stall or other kind of shops. And within the group, they also try to organize some kind of center that try to organize many things at the community level rather than just on each group alone. Because each group has their own activities, their mm-hmm. own shop, perhaps uh, depend on what product they will do Because they produce several products at the moment, not just not just from clothes. They also have other uh, handicraft like handicraft from coconut shell as well. And, and of course, you know, in the process of what we call of developing further, appealing development, there are many organizations from outside, come, including some university, you know, especially local you know, Called university to provide a technical support at the same time to learn. You know, we may have our uh, academic knowledge, but sometimes to apply to the real world, <laughs> sometimes we need to work with them. <laughs> you see, yeah. Uh, yeah. we need to work with them, and they develop together. And it can come, come out with several findings that uh, can be directly used for the local people. At mm-hmm. the same time, support in term of management also need from outside. Some financial support to construct centers with. Uh, cost a lot of money. Office or centers, they also come from outside. But of course, in order to manage this sort of thing, they need uh, their own capacity that develop on the way. Uh, if you just produce building, for example, but they don't have any skill to maintain, it wouldn't become, to me, a kind of useless monument. <laughs> uh, but in in this case, you know, if you go there, you will see that they have a lot of things, you know, good and still, uh, still work, still ongoing. They don't stop. Although they they may have problem on the way, conflict between group, conflict between the individual, but again, the problem has not been getting serious. Their solution on the way, but this kind of work, I think, is more or less uh, is reflect the sufficiency economy in many dimensions, not just in terms of production alone, but also in trying to be more self sufficient at the community level. Mm-hmm. At the same time, they also think further. I think it's already gone to they upgrade to to link with networks which is another level of, of, of sufficiency economy, in order to work in, 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 in a larger scale uh, and to distribute their product as well to outside market because to some extent, some of the product more than sufficient at the moment. So so this this is, I, th- I think, a good example, although it's not come from my, my work as developer or as a development mm-hmm. agent, but uh, through my experience of visiting and through mm-hmm. research work that has done by at least one of the research work, I'm sure that there are many research work dealing with this case, but one of the work is done by my students.
0: I see. Um, I think um, your case that you mentioned in term of the um, the one from the Si tamarat kiwi wong community is very interesting in such a way that they try to expand um, the local wisdom uh, to be more um, like kind of levelled to the, 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 the larger scale. I do see that like from time to time when you mentioned about their product, their service that they expand from the um, natural product to the handicraft, to the tourism sector and stuff like that. You, d- you do see in terms of like the concept of sufficient economy in between of those kind of process that the community try to develop. And I think that's very interesting to take note in terms of like how how did we how did they do in term of like making the community development? but still in line with the concept of sufficient economy. Thank you for that. Um, That also help um, to um, lead up to another, uh, uh, the the final two questions for you today, in terms of like when you observe or when you conduct the research, when you work with the community or when you um, supervise the um, research uh, for your um, graduate student, what is actually seem to be the lesson learned uh, when we work for the, with the community, and which one do you think is supposed to be the good practice that we should adopt and also we shouldn't like, apply for our use in the future as well?
1: Uh, to me I think uh, dealing with uh, community development work, probably uh, the most important thing we should think about, we cannot just doing research by trying to gather information from them. It's just a kind of. To me, I, I can say this. A kind of lesson learned that come to my mind when I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. Because in the past, you know, we just we just think about the doing research. We go there, collect data as academic as academic staff, you know, collect data and write report. But perhaps, uh, I think it's more important for us to do to conduct action research, or it's possible. This may go further to what they call participatory action research. That means we to participate with local people, start from the beginning and going through the whole process of working together. But in academic way, we can make use of this kind of movement, research movement, research action to produce research work in the form of paper. But not mm-hmm. just go and use our own instrument, you know, uh, analyze without going that uh, what local people think about, what, whether local people are aware or understand or not the research through many research tools we use, because mm-hmm. it's more for academic purpose. But I think this kind of works, uh, to, to me, it's, it's more important for us to go and work together with and, and uh, making those actions to mm-hmm. be a research work, which should be related to what we call action research or participatory action research. It depends on degree of participation, uh, mm-hmm. the academic are in that kind of work. Doing this kind of work is not easy, but yep. it will be useful for local people to learn from us. And more importantly, to be framed with us, because sometimes if we go there, we just try to go and collect those data. And I know that I have informed that in some places that many mm-hmm. people went to do research, that's enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you people have come several times, but what mm-hmm. benefit for us, what we got. <laughs> yeah. uh, you. Uh, but if you do action research, try to work with them, try to find problem together, trying to find solution. Like, you know, this kind of work in the past is more uh, doing by those, uh, what we know as NGOs. But I think it's no problem for academics to work as NGOs as well. Well, at least some group of people should, should do this kind of research related to uh, developing, especially the application of sufficient, uh, sufficiency economy concepts. If if we do like that, it will be benefit for both sides, or not just both. Maybe different various parties, because uh, the world is getting more complex. Even even the business sector, you know, sometimes they are forced to do what we call CSR or whatever terms related to CSR, and they used to be complained by some people that you are using uh, something. Uh, Inferior in, in running your CSR, you just want to get picture. (laughs) But the real, but the real CSR is uh, by working together with local people and perhaps, you know, you can provide some channel for them Mm -hmm. to distribute their product. You're like, for example, I have one of my students who work with a big company in Thailand that they have coffee shops. I should say coffee shop. I don't know whether it's good to call that or not. I just <laughs> don't want to mention the brand, you know. People people should know because this is a kind of ethic thing to, uh, not to mention about, about the brand. One day I visited him because he, he is now I'm a senior manager. He said that one thing he learned... as and engineer because he graduated first degree engineering Mm -hmm. but he decided to study social science at his master's level he said that he learned only you know sometimes you know what he learned is may happen only in one hour not more than that of a subject Mm -hmm. about CSR I sometimes used to mention like that you are doing something useless you waste of money in the class you know (laughs) <laughs> in order to, to 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 bring about some kind of critique, you know, for discussion. And he said that that was a good point for him. Mm-hmm. And when he went to visit some rural communities that have some kind of initiative, but those rural communities had problems with the market and packing and packaging, you know, not just packaging. He, as someone who have experience in, in the business and uh, this kind of thing, he, he got the idea that he should support the packaging at least at the beginning and at the same time he opened channel for those products to be sold in his coffee shop that has brands throughout the country it's it's become very big you know Mm -hmm. just from one more product a kind of of snack Mm -hmm. and now you know it's available uh, throughout the country perhaps it depends on how well this group can produce and perhaps uh, if we are more open we are open enough we can organize or we can coordinate with other groups that have similar resources and produce more to support, you know, to, to, to be distributed to different branches of, of this coffee shop. And he used this channel for his CSR as well, not just for taking picture, but the real <laughs> CSR that we are looking for. You see, mm-hmm. this is a, what, what I think that's a kind of development that try to balance everything. Mm -hmm. Balance many dimensions and trying to to deal with different contexts, especially local contexts, and not just to bring new things to them. I think bringing new things sometimes, we change them to the wrong direction. We may change them to the wrong direction. But new techniques that support them to upgrade what they have already initiated, it's more important, and I think this this is uh, conforming with the sufficiency economy concept.
0: I I think uh, you both share in terms of like the lesson learned, not only um, as academia but also um, as a researcher. When you look at your um, student case, uh, especially when you first mentioned about the participatory action research that that's going to be something in the role of academia that try to understand and also to work together um, as a development practitioner with the community level. And I think that's very interesting. And second point when you um, share with us in terms of the case of the coffee shop owner, that he tried to balance the both sides of the commercialized private sector world well, as well as the way that they need he needs to also work for the community as well. I think that's very beautiful in the way of like how they can really apply the concept of sufficient economy into uh, their real life. I think that's that's important to take note on that. And for our final question, Gajan, in terms of when you look back, uh, when we integrate the sufficient economy uh, concept into the community way of life, what is actually uh, that you recommend us? in terms of the key success that uh, you would like to pay attention um, for us to pay attention as well as uh, you you do see this key success that's going to be something that uh, as a immunity for our community for in especially in terms of the pandemic crisis in the future could you please share with us
1: Right, I think I think uh, perhaps key success uh, key successful factors uh, been already somewhere that that have been mentioned. But I would like to to recall back to what have already mentioned. The, the first thing I think awareness awareness uh, of local people uh, relating to the concept that treatable or that suit uh, their their context. Or their traditional way of life, we may say like that. Uh, the first step, but later on, uh, this kind can be changed because, uh, but change without destroying their traditional way of life completely may mm-hmm. change something, which I think, I think every group of people can can accept that if uh, if those changes uh, going alongside with their traditional way of life, which they love, if they, or which they are family with. So creating awareness of the concept uh, in terms of how it is important to be used in their context, which partly it also reflects their traditional way of life. And after that, we should try to urge them to initiate something on their own rather than asking us what they should do. So we, we can try to what we call to encourage them to think about initiate something actually i think there are some uh, very important projects used to support by Porto Tor, what we call it, petroleum authority in thailand that they put the, the Porto Tor company now they call yeah, ptt the, company
0: ptt uh, yeah
1: i think about five or six years ago several years ago they have very big project covered throughout thailand they, they run in more or less kind of this you know they they, they try to uh, to have they recruit a development officers to work with projects on an area basis. And most of these development officers are trying to encourage people to initiate Thing and to propose a project by local people to get support from, from PTT rather mm-hmm. than PTT think on their own, try to run the project in the field because uh, before, just before that, I, I was in the field in, in one place in the South doing my PhD research. Yeah. There was a lot of rumour of the waste of money of photo I'm sorry to mention at that time, <laughs> you know, just, just to provide money for local people which they, they were not ready to plant trees. But uh, very small amount of trees, very small numbers of trees survive. Uh, they mentioned that one of the trees that survive in local community should be the most expensive tree in Thailand. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you see. And when I first heard that, I thought that it should be a very big tree. So only yeah. a very small tree. I was pointed by them. It's a very small tree. And, and they said like a joke. I said, how? I asked them that how expensive, according to how it was expensive, according to them. Why not? Because a million baht were used for this project, but only one tree survived. <laughs> 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 you see what I mean? So This kind of joke sometimes, you know, it's happening when we, we run the project in, in the wrong way. But later on, I see a lot of, I saw a lot of improvement uh, made by Potato, But mm-hmm. of course, it's not complete. I think this is a good lesson learned learn as well. So a key success is to encourage local people to initiate and show their willingness to continue development on their own, mostly. But of course, We should be prepared, support them when they need. Uh, But not, you know, just give the hand, show that, you know, we will give some resources, some big amount of money or some big amount of resource, uh, while they were not sure their willingness as well uh, yet. So if they have the willingness and they start to go and then face some difficulties and some shortcomings, we we should be ready. But again, the main thing is not, not just to provide resource, but to try to empower them. Mm-hmm. Resource is a kind of mean to ease their movement. Because yeah. of course, you know, there's something like, for example, they may need to, to go to to discuss with other groups that have been uh, successful. They yeah. may ha- not have enough money. We can support traveling costs, but just a basic one. Because sometimes, you know, if we support local people with luxurious ones, tend to make change to them. That not suitable for them. It's not. Sometimes, you know, they more or less, you know, make them corrupt. So we, we, we have tried to, we need to avoid this kind of thing, that all the resources that go to them should mm-hmm. respond to their needs and should empower them rather than to spoil them. So to me, you know, support is also a key uh, successful factor in many cases, but mm-hmm. support on the right time and in the right way. And uh, we have to make sure that, they are mature enough before we leave, before we leave. So trying to uh, pushing them or directing them or whatever to accompany them, whatever word you like to call, uh, to make, develop themselves toward maturity or more or less uh, in order to continue on their own is very important. So in that sense, perhaps network, we have to more or less uh, put a foundation for them how to connect with outsiders. Because some local people, you know, it's very really difficult for them, especially in, in society in developing countries. Most developing countries have one problem: is uh, we have a kind of what we call uh, patron crime relationship. is very important, and this kind of thing, you know, uh, local people become inferior. Uh, we, academic or even NGO as development agent as well, you know, have a better chance to make this connection to reduce the gap. Uh, to reduce the inequality in, rel- in power relationship between those who are in power and local people, so it's not just you know open alone, but we, we try to make them how to how to find a way to contact these people at the same time to bring lo- to bring those who are in power to understand the work. Try more or less to be a middleman, <laughs> to be I brokers see. or whatever. <laughs> in, in, uh, development brokers may not may not make a would thing, but to make it a better understanding yeah so they are they are, say awareness you know trying to encourage them to initiate on their own develop their willingness continue development on, on sufficient paths, important and a uh, sufficient part important I think I think development that they a lot on outside it's not it's not good even even at international level you know you will be inferior all the time you have to be on your own to be more independent rather than and uh, we support them it's also important support from outside but the role of supporting is mainly to empower them, uh, at the same time to to create network or to to open platform of connecting with with, with other people who have the same interests and uh, share benefits
0: thank you so much right? A-chan. i think yeah in terms of the key success that you mentioned, there are of um, significant points that uh, you carry share with our audience today. You would like to say additional thing, Adhan? Well, <laughs>
1: I think uh, I would like to think that uh, I would like to uh, call for us who are in uh, the field of development, I think. Uh, the crisis uh, like uh, COVID, uh, we should not uh, look at it as only a negative view alone. Uh, I think we should, le- uh, we should think about the, the, the benefit or the, the lesson learned as well from this situation, especially in trying to apply a very important development concept like efficiency economic development concept, which is, I think in many ways uh, it's uh, it's suitable to, to be applied for the situation now at the same time it's uh, also uh, the situation also provide us kind of platform to, to learn Further to deal with crisis which may not end only with COVID-19. I think uh, a crisis in the world can be more and more in mm-hmm. the near future, especially uh, as related to climate change that I have heard from various places in the world. There are a lot of things coming that unexpectedly and could be more or less sudden, similar to COVID-19. And it can be, um, it can stay long enough as well. And the work, that we might think, you know, even development concept, we should think the old concept that has been successful in developing, in development world may face some challenge. For example, you know, we are trying to to recall back uh, tourism development in Thailand by open what we call San, uh, Phuket sandbox. But yeah. again, it is very really challenging to me. Although we, we we need to think about, but again, seem that it's not easy at all. But why not on the other side, we try to think about sufficient economy, uh, especially trying to uh, encourage local people, which is country like Thailand, still have, still uh, still have enough resource. I think it's uh, it's a matter of of managing it is, and it's a matter of a local awareness to manage it on their own for long term benefit. to respond to sustainable development in many ways, reducing poverty in whatever dimension, whatever goal you can look there. There are uh, many of goals that are also related to, to local communities mm-hmm. uh, so i think we we still need to work in this field but in a changing situation and perhaps we should think about how to deal with crisis because among the import the most important thing during crisis is also food security yeah yeah not just at household level but perhaps uh, uh, we can create uh, a wider scale or a bigger scale of, of food security as well in order mm-hmm. to to help people during the crisis, whatever you may like. Uh, you may call, I mean, some some words coming to me like food bank or whatever. I, I think I think these sort of things are, are challenging and still uh, correspond to sufficiency economic concept at mm-hmm. different levels. Yeah. Okay, I think that's, that's all what uh, I need to say.
0: I think this is a, a very comprehensive um, answer in terms of the overall um, area of the key success when we need to really integrate the sufficient economy philosophy into the community level. You mentioned about the advantage of local people uh, the tra- uh, to understand and also respect the traditional way of life and also help them to initiate Um, their own idea to come up with the project or the way that they need to work on. So that's also linked with the empowerment concept that you clearly uh, mentioned about that, because that's the way to make sure about the development of their willingness on their resource, on their capacity. But at the same time as a development practitioner and academia, we need to make sure that we need to support them at the right time, at the right place, So that's going to be the way to ensure the the level of maturity when we leave from that community, but the community still be able to uh, uh, extend or continue their own project. And that's also lead in terms of like to the another big issue in terms of the crisis that we are facing at the moment that you would like to call for action for us that like uh, we need to really be ready in terms of this kind of come in crisis uh, in the future and especially in the area of the security issue, the food security or the community security is going to be something that we need to keep in mind and the core message of this is all around the sufficient economy philosophy that is going to be something that is going to be very helpful to drive us all and to be able to overcome on such a challenge that we are facing at the moment and as well as the coming crisis that we are going to face as well. I think this is the, uh, such a very comprehensive information information that you carry share with us today, Ka So once again, uh, I would like to um, thank you for your insight and also your information that uh, Ass- Assistant Professor Dr. Awamase from NIDA to share with us in terms of like his um, insightful thought uh, on uh, such uh, important information on sufficient economy philosophy today. Thank you once again, and Ka and sawad ka.
1: you are both welcome.